Wrecking Crew, here's an off-the-wall demolition game that you design yourself. Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Michael Esposito. I'm Joe Castu. I'm Sean Tresmond. And I'm Sam. And welcome to our 17th and final episode for the launch games, guys. It's amazing. It, it's kind of a feat that we went through them all. We made it. Uh, but we do plan to go through like 700 others. Yeah, so. we're not, we're not, this isn't like a, a, a cue to, for a break. Like, we're just going to keep going, but... It is quite the the milestone. It feels yeah. good to get through the uh, and this actually this is a lie too though. It feels good to get through the launch games. I was gonna say it feels good to get through the black box games, but a couple more of those will come out. We're not through yet, right? We have to get through this. <laughs> we have to get through this one. Thank you, Sam, uh, Colonel Sam, for that uh, for that help. Uh, and I just want to announce real fast that we'll be doing a. Best of 1985 episode, kind of like our end of year review celebration, even though it's nowhere near the end of the year, it is the end of 1985 because no other games come out. Uh, all these games were released in October of 1985 in America. We are all, we are all on 1985 time. Yeah, well, I've, whenever I've we do this podcast, on my checks. <laughs> whenever we do this podcast, I'm in 1985 again. Yeah, uh, but we're looking at them in the future. No, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> anyway, we're doing that. I was never in 1985. <laughs> yeah, I was not born in 1985. Anyway, we're doing that episode. It's going to be a good time. Please join us for it. We're actually going to rank our favorite video games. Not all 17, just the top five from this year and kind of award a game of the year gee wonder which one that will be uh so let's just talk about wrecking crew does somebody want to like walk me through this game real fast maybe joe i'll give it a shot so you play as mario and luigi if you play a second player um, and you are walking around on different platforms trying to break various objects that... Yeah, it's kind of like it's your assignment to, like, demolish. Every, you're, like, you're on a construction crew, which is weird because they were plumbers before this, but now right. they work on a construction crew, which is really more like a demolition crew. Yeah, I think they're like, they have, a, like, a temp agency that they just keep doing these <laughs> right, other yeah, jobs. Yeah, doing these odd but, jobs. But, too. yeah, like, there, there are designated things that need to be destroyed, and there are various wrenches and other things that are trying to stop you from doing that. Yeah, and we see the hammer come back uh, from the Donkey Kong days. The hammer's back now, and this is like, that's your primary object, just destroy these things, is you're whacking these walls, doors, ladders. Um, there's even like, uh, what would you call those? Like the those girder? structural... Girder. Yeah, the girders. Right, and the girders, are, you know, there's a lot of little puzzle elements where you break a girder and it knocks something from the top platform down to you. Uh, yeah, so that's actually right. the objective of the game. The objective of the game is not just to destroy everything, it's to destroy everything without locking yourself out of the level. Right. Because you see, if you destroy a ladder before you defeat everything on top of it, you might be locking yourself out of the mode. Now, don't worry, just hit the select button, you'll be able to restart the uh, the level. See, I never did it that way. Oh, okay. See, I, I always... You forced yourself to death? No, this is... I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> um, so, I thought it was actually sort of a meditation on failure and, the, like, the feeling of being doomed because there were some levels that I, I locked myself out of progressing. So, I thought that the... the 
the point of of your of your failing was you just had to wait for the fireball. I, I kind of played it that way too. I, didn't, I never thought to just quit out. I was like, oh, yeah. I guess I got to wait. I, until that's, I, that's I, lose too. I had to wait for the fireball to come and end my suffering. And, right. and so, uh, for those of you that haven't played the game, there is this like fireball where if you stay on a platform for too long, it just like comes out from either side and hits you. I'm inclined to believe that that fireball comes all the way from the Mushroom Kingdom from King Koopa. Uh, you know, like, I just feel like it looks exactly... Like, yeah. what else could it be? Like, is someone else blowing stuff up and then, like, these little sparks of fire are, like... Well, it looks more like, like, OSHA back then, it, so. it looks more like uh, one of Mario's fireballs, doesn't it? Where he, when he has the fire flower? Yeah, see, oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Shape, Bowser's yeah. fire does look different. Yeah. It has more of, like, a long streak to it. Uh, and I will continue to just call him Bowser whatever I feel like. Like Bowser, King Koopa, you know, <laughs> Richard, maybe, right. maybe I'll just get crazy and call him Wart. That would drive people crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, just to get back into Wrecking Crew real fast. So we kind of talked about what the game is. You're just destroying these objects, climbing up different obstacles and making sure that you destroy everything. Because if you miss even one little ladder or one girder, that's it. You got to reset the puzzle and do it again. Uh, there's a hundred puzzles. Which mm-hmm. is pretty interesting. Uh, it's a pretty long game. We talked about Cuckoo Land having like 299, but it wasn't like 299 unique things. This is 100 unique levels, which it feels very nice and uh, offers plenty of variety so that you're not just playing like the same 10 or right. something. It's pretty impressive how much variety there is with how little variety there is in the uh, in like the enemies and the objects on screen. They have a lot of good combinations with just those few assets to have. Yeah, all the tools are there. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of um, like what we were talking about with golf, where you can break the game down to just seven elements. You can break this game down into just destroy everything you need to, uh, avoid the enemies at all costs, and you know uh, solve the puzzle. Don't lock yourself out of it. And right. you take those three things, and then sure, there's some concepts of like you know dropping down from platforms or when to open up doors this way enemies get locked behind them. There's all sorts of things like that, but those things continue to like grow and expand as you play the right. game. And when you're saying lock yourself out of it, too, it's, it's not always necessarily that you lock yourself. Oh, now I'm stuck on this platform. or I'm stuck in this area. Sometimes you can still move around. You just have to slowly realize, like, oh, no, now I'll never be able to destroy that thing. Or Right. Once you destroy that ladder right. and there's a platform, up, uh, there's a wall up there that you need to get to. You're like, oh, that's right. kind of the end for me. Yeah. Uh, so before we go any further on the gameplay, uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, Sakamoto, who uh, was pretty much the producer of Wrecking Crew. Much more famous for Super Metroid uh, Uh, and those games, uh, which is it's kind of incredible that he worked on these kind of puzzle games at first. But I found this um, this quote from him back in like 2010 on Wired.com where he was talking about like his NES uh, days and working on like Wrecking Crew. And so I'm just going to read this quote from him. He said, I wanted to make a game where you broke walls and you got sort of a puzzle feel out of that. And nothing really I could put my finger on as far as specific influence or inspiration. I was just imagining that type of puzzle action game. That and is the most, like, ambiguous thing you can say. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't know if that's yeah. a bad translation, but that just makes me feel that, like, he barely remembers making this <laughs> right. game. You right. know, like, like, he's like, yes, I did work on Wrecking Crew. Yeah, uh, I was on, like, Mushrooms when I was making yeah. that game. <laughs> and he actually didn't even have... Uh, Mario and Luigi in the roles. He had two other guys just doing this stuff, and obviously didn't. You know, he assumed that Mario and Luigi were plumbers. They don't. Right. They don't work on construction well, and sets. Also back, and sorry. wait, hold on. And Miyamoto uh, came over. You know, head honcho over at Nintendo. Not really at this point, but he is a big deal. And he was like, oh, you know what? 
and Mario and Luigi to this game. And it's kind of like, it's not a suggestion. It's like, <laughs> add Mario and Luigi to this game. So that's how they got in and got their ever-changing jobs and stuff like that. Uh, I believe that the characters originally looked more like Spike, the other guy in this game who, like, looks vaguely like Mario and Luigi, mm-hmm. uh, who can sometimes, you know, screw up your game. Right. Uh, you wanted to say, Joe. Yeah, no, so aside from the color palette of Mario and Luigi, when there's only so many so many pixels in a sprite, there's not much else that makes something Mario or Luigi. If you were a guy with a mustache in an NES game, we had to right. assume you were Mario. Yeah, exactly. Because this Mario, and especially this Luigi, has very different color palette. Like, Luigi is not green at all. So I don't know, other than it's saying Luigi at the top, I don't think I would have thought this was Luigi. I would have thought this was a different guy. Uh, there's only so many, uh, so many pixels, so it's hard yeah. to recognize him. No, Terry, I thought, was the uh, one of the enemies on screen. Oh, yeah. Scary yeah. Terry. Scary Terry. What's this? The little, the little purple uh, enemy. Um, not the jelly bean looking one. Okay, I didn't read the I didn't read the names in the manual. It's fine. Uh, this is more interesting. N- not the jelly bean looking one. The other purple and red the ones. Thin, yeah, the yeah, thin, the thin guys. guys. They look like uh, Scary Terry from Rick and Morty. Oh, okay, I could see that. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Take another look. Take another yeah, yeah. look. Um, always good to have some Rick and Morty influences in our Wrecking Crew games. Uh, so guys, let's just talk about gameplay here for a second. The puzzles are they are they interesting? I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's Moderately. definitely a. Uh, you, you can see that there is a progression that you have to follow for some of them. Some of them are a lot more forgiving of going out of the like prescribed order. I liked the act of destruction. I, I, I liked breaking down the walls, especially breaking down like the the concrete uh, ladders. Yeah, that's the most satisfying. Yeah, you get that little cascade. I found the most satisfying to be when you get the bombs right. And they oh, blow yeah. up like yeah. entire yeah. sections, in like, and yeah. then when they come back around mm-hmm. too, if it That's was like cool. if they were double walls. Mm-hmm. So to, just to be clear here, they're not actually double walls. What I mean is like there's there's like walls that get one hit, two hit, and I believe there is a three there's hit a wall, three, right? Yeah. yeah the dirt and one. so you would what you do is you hit these bombs, and they would blow up entire connected rows. And then if there's another bomb on the other side, it goes back the other way. So if you have a two-hit wall, right. it would blow them all up right. one way and then the other way. And, and sometimes you have to think about it as like, oh, there's a there's a you know a one-hit wall there. So if the bomb blows it up on the way over, then there's not going to be a wall to connect on the way back. So then it won't, right. you know, when it starts it's going back, it'll right stop side. there. So you have to think about like, oh, where can I hit it where they will still be connected all the way through? It, or you can just go hit them yourself. But uh but then you're more at risk at uh, getting killed. Yeah, it's interesting how there's like there's no wrong way to play this game besides locking yourself out of the levels. But there is like also a way to play this game and an optimal way to like get high scores. Like it is right. kind of interesting that like you can go beyond just solving the puzzle and you can play it the most correct way to get the maximum amount of points because like it's 100 points for each wall you destroy but if you destroy them in with bomb sequences it's like 100 200 400 800 you know it really builds up on itself so i thought that was pretty cool uh the other element i wanted to talk about was the doors uh because you can't destroy them but they're there to kind of like lock enemies out the same way you might lock yourself out of the game i don't really understand the doors too much there was one level that was all doors and right. I tried hitting doors in front of enemies, and I didn't really see what was happening. So Basically, doors only open with bombs, as far as well, I know. No, you can also you hit, can the, you can hit the door open. with your yeah, hammer. And I was doing but that. Once the door opens, a an enemy that's walking by the door will then go through, and it'll be behind the stage. Gotcha. And you just okay. see the shadow of him. He can't hurt you from there. Okay. Um, that didn't happen right. in my But run. what's interesting is then if you have to use a bomb, it does open all the doors, potentially letting them back out if they happen to be walking by. Right. The door that's a, that's what I'm forgetting, yes. The, the, the bomb one is ideal for opening up doors 
doors that you can't access. Right. Uh, whereas, like, if you can just knock on any door to open it up, and that's a good way to get like a carrier, uh, an enemy that's approaching you. If you're like about to, you know, because there's barrels in this game too that you can't get over no right. matter what. So if there's a barrel in your way and an enemy's approaching you, but there's a door in between you and the enemy, hit the door, let the enemy go through. Hopefully the door locks on t- in time, and then it's stuck kind of in like this weird silhouette world where we can see them, but right. we, we can don't also know hit where... them with the hammer. Yes, but we don't know where they went. Right? Like, what is they're, that? Yeah, they're in the, this is they're a, in the just nether in the building. World? I don't know. Yeah. Do you think that's in the building? We're destroying the building. I thought the building had like nothing left at that point. Well, what's the door go to then? That's what I'm wondering. Well, it goes is it to the, the Twilight building. Zone door? It's like the other side. Whoa! <laughs> right? <laughs> the upside down. <laughs> the upside down. Two weird things in this game that I feel like amateurs will never even figure out is the Mario letters and the golden hammer. The Mario letters is interesting because you have to destroy the walls in order of M, A, R, I, and O. There's nowhere in this game that tells you where these letters are. Right. You have to happen upon them. It's kind of crazy that it has that, and if you hit the R wall, which you don't know ahead of time, if you hit the R wall before you ever find the M wall, you'll never even know. So what, it does, it, what does it do up. when you get all the letters? So when you get M, A, R, I, and O, you get a one-up. Oh. I don't right. know if that's necessarily so, worth it. So what it sounds like to me, and, and so basically it, there's just five different walls throughout the level that have a letter hidden behind it, but what it sounds like to me is that you pretty much have to fail the level several times <laughs> to find out which... Yeah, this which is order like, they're in, in order to get the one up. But you've probably already lost more lives than you Right, it's a reward point. for people who play the game a lot and figure it out. But if you play this game a lot, chances are you don't need the lives. Because, exactly. again, if you just select, if you hit the select button and get out and go back in, you have a whole brand new set of lives right. again. So, yeah. I mean, I got the... I found the M, and I just had no idea what to do. Yeah, I was the same. I just kept the hitting it. I thought also, it was going to do something. It was green, right? Yeah, the, yeah. M, the letters are green, the, regardless. The yeah. Mario letters are green, and Luigi is not green? No, it, they're... <laughs> <laughs> and what's interesting, though, since you bring that up, is that if you are playing as Luigi, there are uh, the, the same doors, it's not the uh, same walls, they're not mm. different walls. Same walls will spell out L-U, you know, for Luigi. It's uh, it's not done. Like, hmm. it's, it's, it's not an oversight. I thought that was kind of cool that right. they included that. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing is the Golden Hammer, which is... Not as difficult uh, to pull off, but it's kind of like you have to do a certain sequence with the bombs and stuff like that. And then from those bombs, you know, sometimes an item will appear after the bombs and that'll just give you like a couple bonus points. The Golden Hammer will play this awesome music uh, that I'll start playing as it talks under me. It basically like as you're going through, everything now is like a one hit. So whether it's the walls or a two-hit wall, or spike. Everything is now just one hit, and it's collapsed. See, I accidentally got the hammer. I don't know what That's I did awesome. to do it, um, but I I really ruined it when I felt like, oh, now it can kill the enemies, and then right. I just ran right into them. It's so easy to think how you might think that, because that's the only time in Donkey Kong exactly. when he's swinging I'm, a hammer like that. It's the only time that you can kill enemies. Yeah, I'm thinking of a mechanic from a completely different game. Starring <laughs> the same character with the same hammer, though. Sure, it's not crazy sure. that you think Miyamoto that. should have taken one more so look much. at this game. He should have came back after saying, put Mario in it, and looking at the hammers and be like, Make him kill him. <laughs> <laughs> After his dream of puzzles with breakable walls. That <laughs> I wanted to make a game where you broke walls and got that's, a puzzle. That's Sakamoto. That, yeah, that's oh, Sakamoto, so, not, not yeah. Miyamoto, but um, <laughs> easy enough. Uh, so let's, um, before we jump into, the, obviously, like the uh, 
probably the crowning achievement of this game. Let's talk about the bonus stage. Did anybody play that stage? It yeah, kind of shows yeah, up, I, I think, like every five or so. I, right. Yeah. Uh, I did not do so well. Also, I thought when... I thought it was one of those things where, you know, the... Um, well, yeah, we should talk about what it is first. Yeah. It's just kind of like, basically, they hide a coin in one of the walls, not in, like, a chest or something. They're just like, right. hey, find this coin, yeah. and then you and Spike are in, like, a race right. this is yeah. to break Roll all the walls. But when they play it, it kind of, it goes back and forth really quickly, and then it stops, and I figure... Oh, that's where, oh, that's it, is. where, that's where it, is. it is, and I'll yeah. go check it, and maybe it's around there somewhere. No, it's just in a random wall. <laughs> right. And yeah, that's very misleading. Has anybody been as robbed as I was? And, uh, you know, you're climbing up there. Spike climbs up there. The first wall he hits reveals yeah. the coin. Yeah. Yeah. And you're we... just like, what the heck is that, Spike? Yeah, can we talk about Spike real quick? I would love to get a Spike rant going. Because, like, this guy is the first time in any of these NES games so far that I thought was actually trying to, like, was out to get me. <laughs> Be- because, I mean, and I guess he is You never felt that way with the Hammer Brothers. No, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but, like, just because this is the only one, this is the only character that just he just follows, he, he just shadows you. Right. And he's, this is the first Shadow Mario. Yeah, and, and whenever you're in front of something, like, I'm climbing a ladder, and he knocks me down. Like, you ruined this game. I, I know that's what that, that's his, the intention for him being there, but... Oh, no, yeah, it's definitely punishing when that yeah, happens. Yeah, but he can ruin a whole puzzle for you. He can you ruin the whole puzzle, and... You already got enemies. Like, what, yeah. why did he, <laughs> what's he doing Spike? there? Well, he, what well, did, you're, the, you're the only other humanoid here. Why are you... Do, do, did, did I beat you for the, for the good job, and now you get... You, you work behind the walls? Like, I, I don't know. Seems just, like, yeah, it seems like he's also, since he's dressed in the same stuff you are. Yeah, like, I it think seems that like we were friends. There. Yeah, I thought we were yeah. friends at first. Right. He might you be the third brother of Mario and Luigi. Maybe he's like an angry tenant who's trying to make sure that you don't <laughs> knock the building down. <laughs> by knocking it down. Yeah, by knocking it down himself. And then yeah. also something interesting is people like with Birdo, I'm talking about like obscure characters here, so Birdo, Waluigi, people want those people to have their own games. I'm not saying Spike should get his own game, <laughs> but get this guy to show up in like Mario Party or something, yeah. right? Like, this guy needs to show up in the next Mario Tennis game, Mario Aces or something, I think it's called for Switch. It's like, that. he, he needs an appearance. Like, Spike is long overdue for something. I, yeah, that, that's true, but I would never pick him because I don't like him at all. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, you're not supposed to like those characters. In fact, if Spike is the third brother of the Mario brothers, then what is his, like, wah opposite? Is that uh, wah Spike? Yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, it sounds awful. Spike. Well, Luigi doesn't sound so great either. Well, Luigi, hey, he's, he's a treasure. <laughs> Spike is, yeah, I don't know. Spike is also just weird because that's, that's just it's not, not very a Italian. Italian name, so it's like, <laughs> Spike. But yeah, I, I just want Spike in something else now. You know, it's kind of like as soon as you know it, now you just want it in something else. Right. I just would like to see Spike in a Mario Brothers game again. Uh, so let's talk about what everybody's really here for. Uh, something that here for. Some of us were up until 4 a.m. playing. <laughs> Uh, and that's the design mode. Uh, this is not to be confused with the Excite Bike design mode. They function exactly the same way. And I just think it's incredible that we were ranting and raving about, like, how amazing that Excite Bike has this level editor where you can make all your levels. This game has an infinite replay value. And then we're talking about how, like, 
you know, Super Mario Brothers really could have used something like that, like a level editor, because Super Mario Maker gets it like 30 years later, but Excite Bike had it in 1985. And here's Wrecking Crew out of nowhere with a design mode. Well, this makes me wonder if there are going to be others with design mode. Because I want, you know, when uh, Excite Bike, when I played Excite Bike, I thought that this is like a rare, rare thing for the NES. But yeah, I mean, it's not many games later, and we already have another design mode. And it, I loved it. I mean, Mike knows. Yeah. I, I, so, <laughs> so before Joe goes in right. depth with the level editor, I'd love to just get some Sean and Sam impressions on the design mode. Oh, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna hog the I whole, mean, the whole design mode. For I that. would love it. <laughs> I mean, design mode or not, this just, I mean, personally, on a personal note, this just isn't a game that I like that much. Okay. Just the fact that I can't do anything about the enemies, it's just, for some reason, for me, it's really stressful. I think it's really sick that there's a design mode in it, but it doesn't make the game better for me. Okay. Yeah. And Sean? Um, I, when I look at the design mode for Excite Bike. I am immediately thinking, like, oh, okay, I'm just going to make a track. It's pretty... In- intuitive like you can just get the feel for what you want to do in a in a like a one directional race right when you're in the design mode for wrecking crew you have to really think about how you want to design your level because you're designing a puzzle you're you're designing a puzzle so i didn't use it that much because i didn't want to become a puzzle game designer and like at that very moment in my life but i see that there's a a hell of a lot more potential in the design mode for this game than there ever was in Excite Bike. I couldn't agree more that uh, there's like there's this easy and accessible way for Excite Bike where like kids can just design courses. They're probably garbage, mm-hmm. but they can design them and they'll be tough. But like that's fun, right? It's like it's like hey, I made this game, you know, come on over. It's like with Wrecking Crew, it's like. Most people are probably just gonna set up some walls, put some enemies in places where they don't belong, not play test it, and just think like, "Well, this is solvable because I can see it." You know, yeah, like I see right. that it's solvable, but like, you really have to have like some kind of, if if not game design, at least some kind of idea behind like making puzzles. You know, like I, I could imagine like anybody who put the time and effort into this that they make great levels but this isn't something you can just be like oh let me just play around in design mode there's not really like there's no time for that you really have to be good at this game first understand its concepts and then design levels around those concepts that's the only way you're going to make interesting levels whereas with excite bike you know all of a sudden it's like i'm gonna put in the big hill and it's like (laughs) it's like oh you put in the big hill (laughs) you know like oh there's gonna be accelerators everywhere and then all of a sudden there's just gonna be strips of grass and it's like oh there's the accelerator and now i'm in a strip of grass like (laughs) exactly it's not like yeah it's not like wrecking crew where it's just like i put a wall here someone's gonna hit it Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So Joe? Uh yeah, so it did I did kind of fall into that little bit of a trap where I was like, I'm gonna make a simple, quick game, you know. I mean I knew it was gonna be more difficult than Excite Bike, but it ended up kind of taking a very long time for me to get it to where I wanted it to be and really made me appreciate the game design of it, like that it you can't just make a quick puzzle. Like you really have to so many things that you don't expect kind of come into play once you start putting different elements on on the board. So it was, I started playing, it was a lot of, it was a lot of setting one or two things down, play testing, going back, uh, and it kind of, uh, made me lose my sense of time for, for a bit there, because before I knew it, I had been playing for like three hours. I made, I made three levels on my first, on my first play, but like each one took a very long time to do, but I wasn't, I was having a lot of fun doing it. So I think, I think this level designer, yeah, kind of to sum up what, what everyone said, it's like. It's less accessible to someone uh, who's not a game designer, 
but it's definitely more rewarding once you put the time into it. Um, so I, and I ended up making, uh, you know, it lets you make four levels. So I ended up making four levels. They're not masterpieces. I mean, I think they're all right. They, they have good puzzle design to them, but, uh, I was, uh, I was humbled by how, how much, how much work it took to get them to be functioning puzzles. All right. So Joe, I got two questions for you here. First one, when we're talking design mode here, how much control over the level do you actually have? Do you get free control? Is it a blank slate and you can drop enemies wherever you want, barrels wherever you want? How does this actually right. work? Well, pretty much anything that you can see in any of their pre-designed levels, you can make, you can set it in your level and you can make things happen in your level the way they happen in that. You just have to understand how each tile that you use works. Um, and as far as accessibility, just to put these these elements down, um, it's pretty simple. You just kind of scroll through with A and B. Um, hitting A moves you in one direction of like, oh, here are all your options. And um, and once it's kind of like a nice little feature, like if I have a, you know, I want to put a bomb down and then I just want to put a row of bombs, A will be the bomb button until I hit A twice and then I'll start cycling through again. Yeah. What was your second question? And uh, No, I didn't ask oh, it sorry. yet. Now you're ready for the second question. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, what so kind excited. of, for your levels that you designed, what kind of like unique, puzzle strategies did you put in yours um all right so i i made four levels um so the first one i kind of just made a basic you know you have to there's there's kind of two paths and and one is the one you know you have to do one first before you do the other but you don't know which one it is so i i put a little bit of that in there and there's some elements of like if you when you're at the top you have to remember what's at the bottom because or you have to go back down and check because you'll fall into a trap if you if you hit the wrong thing with, without, you know, getting too much into detail, because it would take forever. Um, I have a level that's kind of just a race. You have, you have three enemies that are trailing behind you as you have to run through the course, breaking, breaking boxes. There's, there's like, you know, a few things along the way that might help you get rid of enemies. But for the most part, it's just how fast can you do it? I have a level where you have bombs all over the screen that you need to use to get out of platforms um, but each of these bombs will open doors that either trap or release monsters that are also all over the screen. So you have to kind of figure out what order you are opening and closing these doors. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's just lovely right. to see what you... I mean, right. I played was, them, and they were they were fun to, like, die, figure out what <laughs> I did wrong, try it again, and, like, kind of, like, see a level that not only could be finished, but can be solved in a, you know, like a very unique kind of way and relied on like a certain strategy for each level, almost kind of like, you know, the way the Donkey Kong country games are where it's like, we're introducing this element in the beginning of this level. And by the end of it, you're a master of it. And it's kind right. of like with each level, uh, you know, I'm not saying your game design was on the course of like, you know, rare, right, but right. like <laughs> it was incredible just to see like a concept introduced and like taken out to its fullest. And right. so I thought that was really cool. And I appreciate you saying that too, because also I feel like, I feel like I improved from this level editor. Like, I don't think I was, I've never really made a level like this before. So I think this kind of taught me those things. So that's what I think the value of this level editor comes, comes from. And I have made a fourth level since, since oh, you played. Oh, fantastic. Um, wow. I mean, there have been, I, I, I've always been a, a fan of the, of the edit mode or like the create a whatever mode. Even going back to like Tony Hawk Two, right? Like when yeah. I was in elementary oh, school, but you could only the the level could only take place in like a gray room. <laughs> um, so the fact that uh, this editor is basically just a 
simpler version of, or, or I'm sorry, a more user-friendly version of how all of the levels were made. Like, I'm sure you could just remake all the levels right. with, with those tools. Uh, it's really great that you can have that kind of freedom. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you were actually exploring uh, level design. And, right. Uh, it was, yeah. it was eye opening. It was fun. Yeah. And I'm sure that, you know, for those that really did take advantage of it back then, it did get them interested in like game design and yeah. like thinking about like, Oh, how do they like, how forget how I play these games. How do they come up with making these? Like you look at the levels in Super Mario brothers and it's like, there's more thought there than just like, all right, just keep throwing obstacles. Yeah. And around. Like, jump there. Yeah. Like, you know, World 1-1 has a whole, like, idea of teaching you how to play the game without ever giving you instructions. Mm -hmm. So, um, one thing I wanted to mention is I believe that uh, Joe was able to recreate his levels in an, an emulator, and so we're going to try to see if we can at least share that save file. We're not going to share any ROMs or anything like that. We're not going to get crazy here. Right. But share that save file, so if you have a way of, you know, loading up save files, you could play those levels and give them a shot. <laughs> All right, so one other thought I had before we move into the essential games list, and this isn't really a thought, I should say. It's more of like a note. As you guys know, I love looking at those game FAQ uh, walkthroughs for these games, and I just have to give it up to uh, the game FAQ for this page because it is like a work of art uh, with like each level having like the the ASC2 art for every single, all 100 levels, like perfectly laid out in grid form of like which enemy is where when it starts, where the barrels are, and then like a step-by-step walkthrough of how to solve the puzzle for all 100 levels. Like this wow. is just so thorough and like beautiful that like I thought, I, yeah, I just couldn't believe that like someone had went through all this work. Then I found out about Strategy Wiki, which is another great resource for like guides for all sorts of not just nes games but all sorts of games and it's like the same it's on par for that but also like just with the actual nes graphics so if you'd rather look at it in asc2 art i guarantee you that you'll have a good time on the game facts page but if you like um looking at the actual nes graphics too the strategy wiki has a layout for every single level as well as a walkthrough so it's just kind of incredible that two people did this amount of work for a um you know, sure, a fun arcade slash puzzle game, but uh, you know, kind of forgotten even by Nintendo at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that, so that art really put like Pocky Taco to shame, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I don't think that was his name. I think you're putting him to shame. Uh, I think it was Poopawaka. 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 <laughs> um, for those of you that don't know, please uh, check out the Wild Gunman episode to find out more about Poopawaka. Uh, <laughs> Before we get into the essential games list, I just wanted to say something that hasn't been said yet, and that's that the music in this game is real good. Yeah. It's real good. And there's been a couple of like, remixes in in um nes remix and in um smash brothers as well for mm -hmm. these for these and i think even in the latest smash brothers it's a level yeah right? it is wrecking a crew is a level so that's yeah. kind of cool um oh yeah but so i shouldn't say forgotten by nintendo i just mean like who's talking about wrecking crew up against even mario brothers you know the original mm -hmm. arcade game in the sewers yeah but I, I don't know i just wanted to throw that out Throw yeah. that out there because it swings too. Yeah, like, and I hope cool. that like yeah. everybody who's been listening to this episode has been digging the music. Uh, you know, one thing that I love to do in all these podcasts is put in the music from the actual game sprinkled throughout because I think like you know music is at the very least thirty percent of a game. You know, like <laughs> you don't think so? I mean, it's definitely a high percentage. Thirty seems a little high. I think it depends. I think you could make or break a game. 
It could. Right. It depends yeah. on the game too. It depends how, how good the music, the music is. is. Like, I don't know, Super Mario Bros. without the music would not be Super Mario. Can't Bros. even imagine. It would still be. It would still be a great game. But I don't know if it'd be. What if it was Super Mario Brothers, but with slightly worse music? I still not. Yeah, I, I think I think. Well, again, it would only be thirty percent worse. But <laughs> when you're a three hundred percent game, yeah, that's not a problem. I guess I would say I would say I'll give you twenty percent. Okay, fine. I wasn't yeah. trying to open this up for discussion either. It was just kind of like something I was just saying. Haggling. Yeah, just there's, there's saying. no bartering here. Okay. Uh, and speaking of no bartering, we're not gonna barter in our essential games list. All right, it's time for the essential games list. You know what that is by now. Come on. We've done this 17 times now. If you don't know what that is, and you're just tuning in for the first time, please listen to our, like, incredibly long Super Mario Brothers episode. Don't listen to this episode first. You're like, oh, Wrecking Crew. What? Why do the guys love we Wrecking Crew so much? Like in the beginning of the episode, like we should do that for every episode every going episode forward. Like, and welcome to Nostalgia. <laughs> we did an episode on Super Mario Brothers that we think is worth listening to. <laughs> Maybe I'll just re-upload that episode every week, Sean. Every Friday, it's Super Mario Brothers. Anyway, okay, the essential games list. Yeah, so the essential games list. Uh, basically, you know, you got all these games today. Should I go back and play games from 1985? Not because they hold up in 1985, but because they hold up today. So we're going to look at Wrecking Crew and decide if it's still worth playing in 2018. Sam. Uh, For me, it's not a kind of game that I just enjoy personally. And I think that there are other other puzzle games that are just way better. I don't really have a great time with this. And some it seems like you guys had a much better time. Like I said before, something about this game just stressed me out too much. Sean? Um, I'm not gonna say that I had all that much fun with, with this game either. I, I think again, this is a this is an adequate experience. I think that most of the value in this game is um it having a full suite of making your own puzzles. So I think this works more of like, hey, do you wanna make a game with these with these specific uh, mechanics, uh, here, try your hand at it. But I mean, aside from aside from what's his name, the, the Spike. Spike. Aside from like, how could you forget Spike? I'm sorry, I, I just hate him so much. <laughs> aside from Spike, adding a little bit of spice <laughs> uh, later in the in the game, like episode, uh, I mean, but not the eggplants, not the eggplants, you know, the eggplants. Aside from that, like adding a little bit of flavor to it, I wasn't as into it. But um, I know somebody who was. <laughs> well, yeah, so obviously I had a great time with this game. Um, but I do have a few reasons that kind of keep this uh, keep this off of the essential games list for me. Um, one being that even though I'm impressed that they were able to make so many good puzzles with so few elements, I don't think it would have hurt to have some more elements that pop up later in the game, uh, even just some other enemy types. As, as fun as it was creating the puzzles... Playing this these puzzles with so few elements in general was fun, but wasn't mind-blowing uh, or anything. And there were just a few things that felt like they should be intuitive to this game that you couldn't do, felt like you should be able to do. So for those three reasons, I would say no. I would say play it, but not essential. There are 100 levels in Wrecking Crew that we've touched upon. You can play this game 10, 15 levels, see everything it has to do. Yep. It's fun, but it's not... Like, you can finish this in, like, 30 minutes and be done with it. Does that mean that, uh, like, it's not good today? 
the puzzle structure here is limited to about like I want to say like five to six concepts, which is yeah. why I say you can get it all done in 15 levels. But even like level 100 itself, like it's not all that difficult. And there's probably like I've ran into some more difficult levels even early on, like in the 30s and stuff like that. So there's no sense of progression here. There's just nothing here that makes this game feel any different than just an arcade game. Uh, something that you would have seen in the verse system line. This was this is a fine game. Uh, for an NES launch title, we've definitely seen worse. I just don't think, like, in 2018, this game is offering anything different, even if this concept of being a demolition man in a construction world has not been explored since. So, no, it doesn't make my essential games, but I don't think that because we gave it four no's that it's not worth playing. I think anyone who's especially, like, you know, there's a lot of people who just like Mario games, got to try them. Definitely include this one. Um, but this isn't really like a Mario game. It just has Mario in it, you know? Yeah, just because it's a zero out of four doesn't mean that um, it's it's streets ahead of uh, Gyromite. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it controls well. It sounds great. It looks good. There are a lot of things that I just, are good yeah, about I just it. can't in good essential. faith recommend yeah. this today. Like, 1985, I probably would have said, like, it's a good launch game. And we'll see where this lands on our, you know, 1985 review episode uh, next week. You know, it's it'll be interesting to see what that top five comes down to. Yeah. But, you know, that is all the time we have for this episode of Nostalgia. Join us next time for our 1985 end-of-year review. For more Nostalgia, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen, and be sure to check out NostalgiaCast.com. That's N-E-S-T-A-L-G-I-A-Cast.com. There you'll find the show and show notes, as well as all 17 launch games and even some crazy articles. I mean, have you ever wondered if NES Baseball is haunted? <laughs> I'm serious. We have an article about it. You will be shocked about what you find out there. Terrified. But there's more fun content than just the website. But the website does link our, you know, it links you to our Twitch, our Twitter, our Facebook, and our YouTube, where other fun things go on too. We try to be fun and different on all these different platforms, so don't feel like, oh, I've seen the website, I listen to the podcast, I know what's going on. You know, the Twitter, what's kind of interesting about that is I just post, like, game magazine stuff or, like, you know, promotional materials that, you know, haven't seen the light of day in a long time, or even just like little fun facts. Honestly, I'm not spamming on the Twitter page. It's probably like three posts a day, if even, but I try to make them, you know, unique and uh, interesting to the game of the week. So who knows what I'm posting at this time for um, Wrecking Crew, but I'm sure it's cool. Yeah, and how dare you like think that you know us just because you what you listen to like one version of us you know just as yeah i mean like yeah sure you've listened to one version of us 17 times now and if you haven't you should go back and listen to the episodes you missed but <laughs> how dare you think that like we're not different on youtube yeah who are you to assume that we don't have a version of 10 yard fight that's a music video on our youtube video uh page <laughs> who are you to think that jim <laughs> come on jim <laughs> And Joe, I know what you're thinking. I like Nostalgia. I do check out their website. I want to get in touch with them on a personal level. Well, I'm Michael Esposito, and you can find me on at Esposito Film on Twitter. We'll be talking to you soon in our 1985 end of year review, which is next Friday, just like new episodes every Friday. <laughs>